0: Hey, everybody! Thanks for coming! Let's go!
1: everybody. My name is Jordan D. White here on waxwork.com with the podcast cast and wax well we've got lined up for tonight we've got three series of frank allen interview and some historical stuff um but we also have a sort of a mild situation here in the uh the host situation so let me let me go into that first as i said i'm jordan d white the the main host of the show but uh with me here let me introduce the rest of the ho- co-hosts first up we have no surprise here mr scape white my cat
2: hey everybody i am very happy to be
1: here today um are, oh are you particularly happy to be here? Is there some sort of special reason?
2: Well, no, not special reason. I just really like to be famous like I am, and this helps me spread my fame.
1: Helps you spread? Are you really, are you that famous?
2: Yeah. A lot of people are, are fans of me. I got a, a couple of redders, like like five or six redders talking about how much people like
1: me. Yeah, but fi- five or six that's not many in the scheme of. I mean, there's six billion people in the world. I think. What is billion? It's a well, okay. It's a it's a really huge number, but I don't have time to go into explaining you math. You're never gonna get math. I get math. You don't get okay. Host number two here is Mr. Frank Allen. Again, not a shock that you're here. Oh yeah. So just why don't you just downplay it? No big deal. Frank Allen's here as he's supposed to be. I, I you know I I'm a little fed up. with... That
3: attitude you have That
1: the the hosts Who are here all the time no special thing No big deal No I'm not saying It's I mean It's great to have you here And I love having you on the show It's just you know People I said there was a weird situation And we're gonna get to that In a second But the fact that you're here Is not part of the weirdness Well no But it is part of the wonder Okay Am I surrounded by people Who are just Completely full of themselves No I'm not surrounded by them Because I brought in A special guest host By the name of uh, Dr. Nektori Steloff. Hello everyone It is very much a pleasure To be here My name is Dr. Nektori Stelov. I am a super scientist who does lots of incredible science that nobody would believe if they didn't see it with their own eyes and in fact this is a radio setting so you won't be able to see it with your own eyes but trust me you'll have to take my word for it it is absolutely true all the science that I can do it is amazing yes that okay that's Dr. Shelf and as he said he's a scientist absolutely I'm a scientist for example just the other day I invented a thing called mechanical potatoes what they do is they are potatoes that you plant them in the ground and they grow other potatoes who will pull themselves out of the ground go into the oven the, the metal that makes the mechanical mechanical hands that pulls them out of the ground, wraps around them and seals in, becoming a sort of tin foil setting. They bake themselves. Yes. And then when the alarm goes off, you have to go get them, of course, okay. or else there will be a fire of some sort. <laughs> but they were perfectly ready. Baked potatoes, they make themselves. But uh, now, of course, I cannot eat them because I can only eat bananas, but that is a side side. Right. Thing. Okay. Thank you, doctor. Uh, I did bring in Dr. Stelloff to be a special guest host because, as most of you know, if you are listening to the podcast on a regular basis, our, our usual fourth host, uh, Roy Singen, uh, went to jail, but I was pleasantly surprised today to find uh, that Rory is back. Yes, I am back. Actually, I'm sorry, Rory, you have to, um, Dr. Shalaf, can you? Oh, yes, of course. Here, no problem thank you yes I am back uh I have uh, uh I was away for a little while and I do apologize for missing a few shows but I am in fact back at this point uh which I, I should point out it hasn't been 30 days yet I don't know why you are back well I was I was released early um I got time off for in fact good behavior uh, I was told I was a model prisoner so they did in fact let me go and um I'm very very happy to be back excellent well we're really glad to, to, that you ha- to have you back when did you get out uh, yesterday actually um I haven't really had much time to do much uh, Since I've been released, but I thought, well, I know today is the day you always record, so I figured I would stop by and see if you're recording. You are, and it's very nice of you to have me back on the show, even though, of course, you you did already uh, replace me for... No, I I wasn't replacing you. Dr. Stelhoff was here. Like I said, he was a guest. It was a one-time thing. Yes, absolutely. I was just here to be helping out with the podcast. No, no, doctor, you have to get closer to the mic. Right, of course, yes. I was just coming to help out with the podcast because I I, I heard that the the podcast had extra space and a missing person. So I said, oh, I would be happy to be on and I could talk about my scientific experiments. It is not a problem. Well, it's not a problem. Rory, Rory, no, you got to get on the mic. Oh, sorry, yes. I was, I was just saying, it's, of course, it's not a problem for you. It it is a bit of an inconvenience for me because, you know, I, I was, I was looking forward to coming back into my life, um, the same way I left it. But of course I find that everything has been going fine without me. And, um, in fact, my absence is completely made up for by the adding of another person. No, Rory, like, uh, it was just the first couple we did. We didn't have anybody extra. But then last time I said, well, why don't I have Dana DeSago? Dana DeSago, really? Yes. Oh, I, ah, now I understand what's going on. In addition, it's not only, that I'm replaced it's my function was decided to be that of person with accent so Dana DeZego and Dr. Steloff here because they have accents they're a good replacement for me is that how it is? No I don't actually have an accent I talk normal. No doctor we can't hear you but no Rory that's not, that's not it at all it's not because you have an accent Well actually I would beg to differ because I, I do think the accent thing does have a lot to do with it not in that we said well we need somebody with an accent I mean I doubt Jordan said that but I would say in that in hearing someone with an accent talk it made him unable to properly judge whether the show was sufficient on its own, because him, me, and Scape, we had it covered, of course, and then he heard someone with an accent talking, and he goes, oh, someone with an accent. None of the people on the show have an accent. We better add that person in. And, you know, that's the only reason we actually added somebody else. I, I think I can more than make up the slack for when you were missing. Oh, that's, yes, thank you for making me feel really um, needed here. Yeah. No, Rory, you are needed, and you are needed. He's on some stupid kick about accents. I'm saying I did miss you, and we are very happy to have you back, but I'm sorry, I didn't know, you, you didn't get in touch with me. I said on the podcast to let me know when you are coming back so that I could plan for it, but you didn't let me know and I didn't, I had no way of knowing. Well, I'm sorry. I did not have access to the podcast. I was in jail. Did you not realize? Well, no, I, I mean, I knew you were in jail. I didn't I don't know. I mean, I thought maybe you could download. Oh it. yes, on on our on our personal computers and our on our iPods that they, they issue when they let you into jail. Leave
2: your iPods in jail for real?
1: No, not for real. I was being sarcastic. No, my point was, I they did not allow me on the podcast. I was not listening to the podcast. I didn't know. Were you were you talking? You probably were. You were talking about me on the podcast the entire time, laughing at my expense for being in jail. No, we weren't laughing about you being in jail. We 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 weren't laughing about you being in jail. I mean, it's we didn't want you to be in jail. We felt terrible. We. did. It. Well, I'm, I'll have to listen to it myself and find. Well, it. I know. I mean, I don't necessarily. I mean, if you don't, if you weren't listening already, I, I mean, it's not like I would recommend it specifically because it probably will just make you unhappy. I mean, because we did do the show without you. But I'm sure it was it was so wonderful, and I'm sure Frank had some very choice things to say. Uh, I, well. It's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. I'm not going to listen to the podcast from when I was gone. So don't worry about it. Um, Like I I said, it was it was a bit of a traumatic experience. I was hoping to sort of step back into my life as it uh, as it. As it was, you know Thankfully, there are still other parts of my life That I can go back to So, for example, you know, my, my historical studies So, it, it's all oh, right No, no, Rory, don't feel Seriously, seriously we're, we're very happy to have you back And we did say that on there a couple times But I do feel like we did get Dr. Self to come here So I probably should talk to him for a second Well, oh, yes, it's, it's my pleasure to Can, get- can you, Rory, can you give him that? Oh, yes, sure <laughs> Thank you very much. It is my pleasure to be here. I, I am a, a man of science, so it is, it is, it is very happy to be here time for me. Uh, I have, uh, lots of science to tell you about. Uh, what, 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 what would you like to know? I'm sorry. You, what kind of, I mean, the potato thing was a joke earlier, obviously, but what, what kind of scientific stuff do you do? No, no, potato not a joke. That is absolutely real. I have also invented lots of other things. For example, I invented rock and roll speakers that if you put music in them and then you give them a musical instrument, they will play along with the music. It, it is an improvisation. Thing of course, but they are very good. They've become quite adept at guitar, at the bass, at the keyboard as well. Of course, if you have a keyboard, you can put the speaker right in front of the keyboard and put in your favorite music, and it will play a completely new uh, uh, instrumental take on this song along with the song. It is a very, very talented speaker. They sell for lots of money at this point, which gets me a little bit of money. So. Uh, in addition, I have invented star drives uh, that help people travel through space at, in the span of seconds. In the old days, it would take us many, many years to get from Earth to Jupiter, but now it is practically a stop on the subway. It is not a problem. I'm sorry. What? Transdimensional spaces are just much easier to travel now, and it wasn't entirely my doing. Of course, I only contributed a little bit of the mathematics, but the team that I worked on, we were very happy to have helped out in some sort of small way. Otherwise, we would never have been able to join Galactic Federation unions that we are helping to maintain Earth's economy very well. What the? What? What are you talking about? I don't even know what. Oh, uh, he's. I think he's talking about. I mean, if you're a listener of the show, you might recognize Dr. Stelloff. He's, he's from Epic Echoes. He's, he's, he lives in the world of Epic Echoes where science is a little different than it is here. Okay. So not only were you filling in the accent quotient that Rory had left va- vacant, you were also filling in the nonsense quotient as well. No, it's not Thank nonsense. You uh, guys, you we can't, I mean, you, you both can't fit on the mic. Oh, yet. you go right ahead then. You're the guest, I suppose. Oh, no, no, no. It It, I, it, I, it is your place. Please, you, you speak on the microphone. You oh, go. You, you say. Well, thank you. Um, Frank, I just wanted to say, it's a pleasure to be back in your presence, and you are still a complete douchebag, just as you were when I left. It's good to know some things never change. <sighs> Whatever. Uh, actually, speaking of um, weird science, we should get right into our uh, first episode. Up first, we've got Guard Duty. It is an episode between Binary Girl and Broadband, and it's called Do It All Again. Let's get right to it.
4: The Earth Guard. The planet's
3: most powerful heroes united in the common goal of protecting the innocent people of planet Earth, and defending them from threats of all
2: kinds.
3: From the Guard Tower, their base of operations, they watch over
2: the citizens,
3: and spring into action at any sign of danger.
2: That end, the guard takes shifts, monitoring events all over the globe.
5: Sooner or later, they all have to take a shift of guard duty.
3: This week, Binary Girl and Broadband in Do It All Again.
6: How... How are you today?
2: I am well. How are you?
6: Very well. Thank Thank you for asking. asking. God, I sound like a retard. Okay. Okay, okay. Keep your mouth closed. Come on. What would you like for lunch? How about some pizza?
7: Gar!
4: Oh, hello, Barbara. Sorry I'm late. I was held up.
6: No problem. I kept myself company. What was up?
4: I've been trying to make myself useful analyzing the equipment we seized from disasters got a bit caught up in it. She actually converted half the Golden Gate Bridge into an epic-sized disaster blaster. If she'd managed to pile the thing up, she could have sunk a continent. Damn.
6: How the hell does she make those things?
4: I have no idea. They're completely counterintuitive. She manages to bang the things together out of whatever happens to be around. I'd say she was some kind of genius, except it seems this is the only thing she can build.
6: I'd say the ability to make a destructive weapon out of anything is probably enough to put you on a high IQ list. Uh, No,
4: that's what I mean. It's not that she's smart enough to make these things, she just can. I think it's something superhuman. She was somehow given the ability to make this one thing no matter what.
6: Oh, I get you. Where do you think she got a power like that?
4: Where do any of these powers come from? Radiation, experiments, ancient Indian rituals, you name it.
6: Where did yours come from?
4: My what?
6: Your powers.
4: Uh, I don't have any powers.
6: Oh, I... Oh. I thought you were, like, super smart or something.
4: No. (laughs) No, just a regular person, so to speak.
6: Wow. Now I feel all inferior. Why? Because! You make all these incredible robots without any sort of powers whatsoever, while I'm just some Japanese girl who needed to inherit abilities from her ancestors in order to amount to anything.
4: It makes no difference. You're just as much of a hero as I am. Probably more. There's certainly no one to admire, that's for sure.
6: Oh, please! You made yourself a hero! God, you must have studied for years to be able to do that stuff. I didn't even go to college. I don't even know, and I really hate to admit this, but I don't even know the first thing about computers. Me. Binary girl. Do you know where my powers come from?
4: I remember you said it was a family
6: trait. That's right, it is. All of the women of my line have had it, and until me, they've all kept it completely secret. Why, you might ask? What did they use it for? Why would they need such an ability? They wanted to become better wives. They split themselves in two so they could take care of all of the washing and and prepare meals. Get all the housework done themselves and go to the market. And hey, they never had to worry about making each body talk separately. They weren't expected to say anything.
4: Well, then, I'd say the fact that you decided to use those abilities for the greater good says a lot for who you are as a person.
6: Tell that to my mother. She practically disowned me. I'm a total disgrace letting my ancestors down. Between not using my abilities as intended, not going to college, moving to America, taking Barbara as my first name, not to mention that she thinks I'm a a lazy American now, I'm lucky she even speaks to me.
4: I'm sure she loves you and is proud of what you do. Parents are parents. My mother wanted me to be a doctor so badly, she began pressuring me when I was four. You're going to be a doctor one day, or you're no son of mine.
6: So what did she say when it didn't happen?
4: Oh, well, it did. I, I mean, I am a doctor. I haven't really used a medical degree since I entered the engineering field, but- Ah, oh,
6: see? You. Complete genius working all his life for the good of mankind with the immense brain power to invent world-changing technology. Me, little Asian girl with powers designed to be able to serve tea while scrubbing floors. The
4: question isn't what you can do, it's what you do do. Each one of us, given our abilities, had a choice. We could use them for ourselves, or we could use them for the good of mankind. In a way, you're a far better person than I.
6: In what way?
4: How old are you? 20-something? And already, you're committed to doing what's right. At your age, I was only interested in myself. As much as I'd love to say I built a multi-billion dollar company with the intention of bettering mankind.
6: But now that is what you use it for. You have, personally, changed the lives of millions of people for the better through your technology and charities. I've helped maybe a thousand people, tops, and that's pushing it.
4: Talk to me when you're 58 and we'll compare then. You'll have had something like a 20 year head start on me.
6: It'll take me that long to equal the first million dollars in aid.
4: Money? Money is nothing to me. I've got plenty of money. I don't I don't even notice when I give that. You don't give money, you give what you have, which is yourself. You put yourself on the line every time. That's more than I've ever done.
6: Sure, if you want to speak metaphorically, but in practice... It's not a
4: metaphor. It's true. Look at Ocean Man. Ocean Man? He had almost... Nothing to his name. And not only did he give his time to the Earth God, he gave his life for all of us. What's the dollar price on that? I don't think I'd match it if I gave away all my money. That's, that's something I can never equal.
6: So, uh, why did you vote him off the team?
4: I, I regret that decision every single day.
6: So you didn't think he deserved
4: it? I would never condone what he did. He lied to everyone, not just the public, but his closest ally It was wrong. And it wasn't the type of thing you just bounce back from. The press was going to destroy him. He would have been hounded by his lies for the rest of his career. Not to mention that half the guard would have been second-guessing everything he
6: said. He was a hero. You know it.
4: I did. I do. I did. So why? Politics. What? (laughs) I said you were a better hero than I am. The stallion, Chuck, started this as God. Soon after, I began funding the team. Money, perhaps it was a lesson left over from my pre-heroic days, but I find money and power do tend to go hand in hand. Sometimes Chuck and I clash over executive issues.
6: But what does that have to do with Ocean Man?
4: Chuck was so determined to throw him out and, as I said, I thought he would be ruined already. I thought this would be a concession I could make, a way to gain some leeway with Chuck on other issues.
6: Oh. Oh. Wow.
4: When I fought by his side that day, even before he stopped the Atlanteans, I knew, I knew I had made a mistake. He was publicly humiliated, but he was there when he was needed, and because of me, he died an outcast.
6: You can't be sure. I mean, if he'd still been on the guard, he could have been trapped up here with us. That
4: doesn't matter. It's not about that, the details. I went against my principles. I swore years ago I would never do that again. That kind of compromise is what led me to becoming broadband in the first place.
6: You can't blame yourself for his death.
4: No, it's not that. It's not that he died, it's... This isn't like when Fall died. She... Well, she died partly because of me. But I still stand by the decision I made that day. Even if the Serpent Virus didn't stop the creationist for good, it was a chance I had to take. I didn't take Fall for granted, I respected her, and I know she would have willingly given her life to the cause. Here, I used Ocean Man. He was just a chip in a political game of blackjack. He didn't deserve that, and I'm ashamed to have done it. And I would be, even if he'd lived. Only, if he'd lived, I could have made amends.
6: I think you're being too hard on yourself. Everyone makes mistakes. Mistakes are made to be forgiven. It's mine and blossoms' fault that the villains took over the tower, but people forgave that.
4: We recaptured the villains and no one was seriously hurt. This is something I can never make up.
6: So, coincidentally, you made a mistake at the worst possible time for it. It happens. You had no way of knowing. I'm sure Ocean Man would forgive you. (laughs) I doubt it. He was a pretty nice guy. Regardless, now it's time to forgive yourself. You're a good man, a noble man, and a man to be looked up to. Do you think the Stallion regrets kicking him off the team? I doubt it. The fact that you feel so strongly about it shows your true colors.
4: You really think so?
6: Yeah, I do.
4: Thank you, Barbara. What?
6: what are you- what, what are, are you, you doing?
4: doing? Uh, I was- I- I was going to hug you.
6: Oh, well, it's, it's a, a little, little creepy. creepy.
4: Sorry, I thought it was sort of-
6: No, it's okay, it's, it's just... Robot. robot. I'm sorry. No, seriously.
2: Whoops. I'm to Coast Let's City where the something. Time
3: Marines have just appeared holding the entire Earth Guard hostage. Early reports say that both the recently deceased Ocean Man, as well as Fole, also thought to be dead, are among the captured Guard, which seems to indicate that they have captured the Guard back in time and brought them here. They have threatened to execute the Guard if local four-year-old Tommy Wojtsegg is not turned over to them immediately or alternately executed publicly by the government. Um, They want us to kill a four-year-old?
4: Don't worry, I remember Uh, this fight from the first time it happened. We win pretty quickly. I'm
2: sending out the signal. All right, let's go. Guard duty by Jordan D. White. With Michael D. Murkowski as the narrator, Derek McNish as broadband, Lynn Nelson as binary girl, and Frank Allen as the newscaster, with theme song by Michael D. Murkowski.
1: Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to the little host bit. Uh, what we've done to resolve the microphone problem for a moment is um, Dr. Stelhoff is on Scape's microphone because Scape is taking a bit of a nap. Yes, absolutely correct. And it is my pleasure to be here. I am very happy on Scape's microphone. What you should do is you should actually purchase one of my microphones that you can fit inside your teeth. it just go right in here and then you can hear what everyone says. That way, if you had infinite number of them, you could have as many people as you want on podcast. It would not be problem. Yeah, but I can't. Affo- what I can't afford an infinite number of microphones. No, that is fine. You, all you have to do is get replicator. You get replicator, then you have one microphone. It turned into many microphones. It is an even better solution. I I ju- I I'm I'm just. I'm flabbergasted. I don't even know. I mean, I uh, Rory's back, so I would think I'm going to be spending the episode talking about how stupid Rory is and how oh, yes. how full of crap he is. Uh, it's just never stops. But, uh, yeah, no, yeah, but, yeah. but hold on, Rory, because what I'm saying is, I, I just am, I'm hit with wave after wave of complete and utter nonsense from Doctor Stelloff, and I don't even know how to cope with it. I, I'm 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 flabbergasted. I'm I'm almost dumbfounded. Oh, well, I, I would have thought you'd be used to it, considering the amount of complete and utter nonsense that spills out of my mouth all the time. I would have too i i would have thought i would i'd be desensitized no i was being sarcastic i was being sarcastic so he he is talking nonsense i talk you know truth it's just theoretical truth but he's saying things are true completely actually literally true that are completely not true well but i mean that's interesting you say that rory because wouldn't you say that in another reality the things he believes are absolutely 100 percent true you know Yes, I mean, in another reality, but not in this reality. Oh, of course. No, not in this reality. This reality is very much bogged down in the mundane. It is sucking all joy and magic out of world. And somehow, I don't know what happened. Perhaps all of that joy come into my world as well. So that we can have even better super science. But you have very little super science at all. In fact, very much plain science. Which, I mean, which we're pretty much okay with. I would say science is is good. Oh, science is wonderful. But super science is so much more wonderful. Because then you are only limited by your imagination and not by laws of physics. Laws of physics meant to be broken, actually. That's how laws work. You you have law, you break law. And sometimes you get caught and you go to jail. Which is, yeah, that's what happened to Aurora. Frank, this is not... Exactly the, the way I, I was hoping this would go. Um, well, actually, but Rory, uh, we, we actually are now into the, uh, we have to, to switch over to the This Day in History part of the show. We're going to play This Day in History, and obviously you were gone, so you wouldn't have had time to do Where Are They Now in History. Actually, um, no, Jordan, I, I, I did. I, I What I did was I made time to do it as soon as I got back. I, I thought, I w- that's why I came by. In fact, I, I thought even if even if I missed recording, I could give you the recording of, of My Where Are They Now in History, and you could put it on the show. You, I'm sorry, you, re- you recorded one? When? Like, what, last night? As soon as you got out? Yes, it was the first thing I did. Like I said, I wanted to jump right back into my normal life. So I recorded, uh, uh this day in history, you know, to, to ground myself. Oh, <laughs> um, that, that's a little, hmm. what? Well, well, we already re- recorded, I mean, we, we already recorded it. You know, I, what I, I did was I recorded one because I, I didn't think you were going to be here. Oh, well, I mean, but now that I'm here. Well, yeah, yeah, but I mean, I, but I, I mean, I went to all the trouble. And so did I. I went to trouble, and it was my bit. It's my part of the show. Well, yeah, i mean, well, I'm, but I'm, okay, I'm just gonna, well, maybe, maybe we'll have to, I'm just gonna play mine. Oh. For, for now, I'm just gonna, let's just listen to it. Here we go. Hello, my name is Rory Sinjin. Welcome to This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. On September 22, 1980, long-standing border disputes and political turmoil in Iran prompt Iraqi President Saddam Hussein to launch an invasion of Iran's oil-producing province of Khuzestan. After initial advances, the Iraqi offense was repulsed. Let's listen. I am so
7: repulsed by this offensive, it makes me sick. It's true. The once beautiful forests of Khuzestan have all been burned to the ground. I blame the Iraqis for this. It's true. With their land air weapons and their matches. But how are we poor Iranians able to stand up to such firepower such as Bic Lighters? Hmm. I guess we could hose them down with this enormous sea right next to us. Or we could make a secret deal with the United States and Colonel Ollie North over some much-needed arms? North, you say? That's a direction. Sounds trustworthy to me. Hmm.
1: Using their compasses, they did make a deal with Oliver North, which included fire safety laws all over America in all of their forests. This is This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. But hold on just there. My name is Jordan D. White, and this is Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. Uh, wow. Um, okay. That didn't really get across the point very well, Well, but I have actually an illustrative uh, story that will illustrate that point. What happened in Iran after that was, well, their forests already were burned, right? So, okay. What happened in Iraq, rather, was that they also had forests, and somebody uh, was like, like, I think w- the best way to protect this forest, on uh, my part, would be to toss lots of gasoline around, and then maybe have a celebratory smoke. And so they did. It was it was a guy named um, named Jack. And Jack was like, oh, smoking the cigarette. And he lit it up, and, th- you know, it caught fire on all the gasoline he had been throwing around, and that whole forest was burned. Which means, you know, that you shouldn't throw... Well, I mean, you shouldn't throw gasoline around. That's a little too specific. There, Maybe, okay, when I said Jack was throwing around gasoline, I mean, he had a forest fire. No, I mean, he had a campfire, and he didn't, like... Uh, protect it. Didn't make sure it would not spread. I don't know I don't really know much about camping. So I don't really know how to how to do that. Make sure that when you go camping, you practice fire safety so as not to burn down all of our nature's valuable forest. This is uh Jordan e. White on Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. Well now, I'm sorry, that that but that was terrible. That wasn't that wasn't good at all. No, I mean I, well yeah, I know. And No, you, I mean you just should play mine now. Look look, it's not a problem. It's not a problem. That was not a very good one, and that's fine, because not everyone is an extra historian. But what we will do is we, now we'll play mine and show what one should be like. Well, I know I know because in, in a way it's sort of funny because it's saying you're you are you are not capable, and it's like haha, there's a little silly one and then there's mine. No, I I mean again I know I that's what I that's what I planned to do. Uh, but with Dr. Stelloff, because I, re- I recorded this one and I said, oh, that's terrible. So then I got Dr. Stelloff to record um, another one. Yes, absolutely. It was a wonderful thing to do. I was very happy to work on Where Are They Now in History? Because, in fact, in my world, alternate realities is a very, very respected subject. There are so many famous extra historians, you would not even believe it. So you recorded you recorded two other versions of where they know in history. Yeah, cuz I mean like you were saying it was going to be a joke. It was going to be a setup thing where it's like, here's here we go, here's the real one and and then it's not good and I was going to go, oh, hey, just kidding, just kidding. We actually did a really good one. This one. It's really good, is it? Well, well I mean, yeah, Dr. Stelf is I'm very skilled in extra history. I know lots about it. It is like I said, it is a super science in itself. Well, it's it's a it's a it's a field of study. I mean, it's, well, um anyway, uh let's Let's roll it. Here's here's another version. But wait! Let me tell you more about this thing because there is more to say. My name is Doctor Nektori Steloff and this is where are they now in history? On casting Wake. what was actually behind the burning of the forests was a magical science technology. There was a fire beam. It was called a fire beam because it was a beam that made things burst into flame. I actually invented it, but I did not intend for it to be sold to nefarious Iraqi soldiers. No, I was going to use it to burn up things that ought to be burned up, like trash, and then it could be used to power technology like other types of fire creation devices. The point is, someone stole it from me, and they sold it to Iraqis, who said, I will take it with me for camping. And I said, no, this is not a good idea. Camping is not so good with fire beam technology. It will start forest fire. They said, no, I want to do so. I will do so. You cannot stop me. You are just some Russian scientist. What do you know? And I said, I invented the fire beam. I know lots about fire beam. But they said, no, you do not know about fire beam. I know about fire beam. To the forest. And look what happened. It was a very bad situation. But you should always take a lesson from that. The technology is good. It's just people who use it improperly who are bad always technology good always and also don't start forest fire also is another lesson to take my name is dr niktori Steloff, and this is where are they now in history on keston wax oh well um yes that was you know that was very good dr steloff um I'm, I'm very uh i'm very impressed Bye. Well, thank you very much, Mr. Sinjin. It is is a—it is my pleasure, in fact, to be on your show. Like I said, it is an honor. I mean, I do not know your work specifically, other than from the bit that we saw earlier, but I am very pleased to be part of extra-historical studies, because extra-historical studies, like I said, are of great importance. It is how we get morality in the world, of course. No, it's not what I do. We're, again, this, this complete nonsensical ruse that says this is how we get morality. I mean, you know, Rory says that all the time, and it just doesn't make any sense at all. Oh, I mean, well, Frank... Because he's saying he's because there's the moral, right, Rory? What? Sorry, what? Uh, and Frank's saying it's not where we get morality, and I'm saying that's, I mean, you have a moral in it. Uh, yes, I suppose, yes. Yes. Uh, extra history is a very good source of morals, um, and it brings solace to people, typically speaking, typically. You're right. Uh, I mean, that's, yeah, that's what you claim. So, see, Frank? It's nonsense, and I don't respect it at all. I think that's clear. Um, you know, uh, Rory, if you want, I can still, I can play yours. No, it's fine. No, I mean, I really, it's, it's actually, I mean, in a way, it's like, that's funnier because I played mine. It was bad. And then I played, it's like, oh, not, not only is there one person who can do it better than you, there's two people who can do it better than you. So, ha ha ha, the joke's on me, right? No, it's all right. It's all right, Jordan. You don't have to, you don't have to go out of your way for me. It's fine. No, it's really no trouble. Um, here, here we go with, this day in history uh, where are they now in history take three but don't get burned out just yet my name is Roy St. John and this is Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. And I think you would need to know more about this Oliver North fellow. As a child, Mr. North was in fact abandoned in the wilds of New York Central Park and raised by the squirrels there. As such, he was raised among the trees in the so-called forests of Central Park. It really wasn't that thick when compared to, you know, real forests out in the wilds. But he was raised there, learning to live as a squirrel and things like that. The problem, of course, being that lots of hobos were around and they would build fires in little barrels and things like that to try to roast your weenies on things like that. And once in a while, one of those hobos... Would accidentally get drunk and kick over the fire, and if it caught one of the trees, it could kill a squirrel. This really upset Mr. North because, in fact, as I said, he thought of himself as a squirrel. So he said to the other squirrels, "Uh, something in East, which translated to, "I'm going to go and make our lives better." He went out into the society around Central Park, meaning Manhattan, learned how to speak English, learned the ways of man, and became active in the political arena. When this whole thing with Iran went down, he said, "I can use this opportunity to finally get across the message that I've been trying to get across my whole life, which is that everyone should be very careful when they are in forest." with fire. My name is Rory Sinjin, and this is Where Are They Now in History. I'm Cast and Wax. Oh, wow. That was, no, that was much better. So, you, I mean, I think you did it. I mean, mine was terrible, and you did a much better one than I did, Rory. Thank you. Yes. And I must say, it is actually very good in my opinion as well. I'm very proud of the one that I did, but yours is very much uh, just as good. Absolutely. It wasn't about science, but it was more about history, which reflects our different interests. For example, if somebody said to me, what happened back in time? I'm sure you would probably be more likely to open up a book and look at see, find out what happened. Whereas if I was going to find out what happened back in time, I would just make a time machine of some sort and go back in time. It is much easier for me to do that. That is the way my mind works. But your mind it's saying, look in a book. I mean, this is kind of foreign to me but it, it is something that can be done of course no seriously I, I don't i didn't believe that there would be someone more full of crap than rory but there there really is it's, it's amazing it's kind of amazing no frank rory's not full of crap rory that was a very good episode thank you so much for doing that for us uh, it was it was no problem of course not a problem in the slightest. Excellent, excellent. Well, now we've got Frank Allen's portion of the show, which is, uh, starting off with a tractor fiction. This is from season two, remastered, correct? Absolutely, absolutely. And this is a special episode because it does feature two members of your family, Jordan. Uh, it features your two cats. Oh, right, right. This one, one with Scape and Boo on it. Right, right. we the retailer? Oh, there's Scape. Heard me mention him and he woke up. Uh, it's the episode of tractor fiction that you're on. I think it was the first time you were ever on one of my shows. Oh, yeah. You well, hold are. on. You can, you're, you're not on the microphone. Is Somebody let him. He couldn't use my microphone. It's. Fine. Well, no, Rory, you don't. I mean, you just. No, it's not a problem. Here. Here you go. Okay.
2: Thank you, thank you. Yes, I was on the radio. It was amazing. Uh, it was for starting my rise to fame, my rise to glory.
1: Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far. But, oh, Frank, do you want to get right into it? Yeah, let's get right to it. This is tract or fiction. Hey everybody, this is Jordan D. White. Just want to let you know that you're listening to
3: WHRW Binghamton. And now I'm going to turn it over to Frank Allen for Tractor Fiction. Thank you very much, Jordan. I appreciate that. Uh, we got a very special episode of Tractor Fiction tonight. It's called Bad Bob. Bad Bob. <laughs> Um, it's a story about a, I think it's a cautionary tale, so to speak, although typically they all are cautionary tales. Uh, it was about a guy named, uh, Bob, and he's a bad guy, it's a pretty, pretty basic thing. Uh, here we go. Bad Bob.
0: This here is the tale of Bad Bob, the baddest SOB you ever did done see. Why, even as a little baby, Bob was a total bastard. This is my little angel, Bobby. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, he certainly has a mind of his own.
8: Bobby, I'm worn out. Come on, sweetheart. It's good for you. It's not nice to dump your food on the floor, darling. Growing up, Bob wasn't any
0: better.
9: That little monster put the hose in my house and flooded it twice. Let's go, son.
0: But in his heart, he's such a good boy. His mother was a wreck. She didn't know how to fix him. Doctor, should I spank Bobby? I've never done this sort of thing before.
9: Good heavens, no. Do you want to destroy his creativity? It could ruin his personality.
0: And so, years later, Bob was just about the most off person you could imagine. One day, Bob was in a bar, and the waitress brought him the wrong drink. He took the offending glass and poured it all over the girl's head.
7: I didn't order this. Call the
0: cops. Bob's gonna tear this
2: place apart again. It's better, Bob. Let's get out of here.
0: There was, however, one group of people who did like Bob. The no-account low who he sold drugs to.
9: Bad Bob is crude, rude, and socially unacceptable, but we just love him.
8: <laughs> Bob's the best connection we've ever had, man. He can get us acid, smack dust, coke speed, and black beauties. It's too bad he's such a sleaze, man.
0: Bobby's drug connection was his cousin, who smuggled the stuff through the countryside. He met with his cousin outside of Tootsie's Bar to set up a deal.
5: Hey, come on, Bob. I know this guy.
7: No sweat. I got the bread, man. Okay, here's the stuff. You're both under arrest. You have the right to remain silent. Ah, uh, hail!
0: In their holding cells, Bob was mighty sore at his cousin. How
7: was I know he was a knock? I'll bash your head in when we get out. This is what I get for trusting someone, you fickle scoffing uni, Todd. I suppose
5: this is a bad time to tell you. Uh, I had a little thing going on with uh, your sister. Oh man! <laughs>
3: you gentlemen have a visitor.
5: A first timer, so be nice. You telling me I'm not nice? <laughs> Hi fellas! Oh no! Look at what he brought in with him! One of them there bobbles! Get that clown out of here! I've had enough of that greasy pocket crammed down my throat!
0: I just wanted to share with you the good news that you are loved! God has a wonderful plan for your life! He's waiting for you with open arms, and he wants you to come to him. It'll really make God happy. How about it, guys? Are you willing to give God a chance? Can I share some scriptures with you?
7: No. Mom, mom, poo, poo. No. (laughs) <laughs> I'll tell you what you can do with your scriptures. I was baptized as a baby only cause I had no say in the matter. But now I have plenty of say. Let me tell you something. I hate God. And if I had the chance, I'd drag him out of heaven. I run my life. Nobody ever tells me what to do.
5: Hey, uh, there happens to be nothing about, uh, incest in there, is Well, anyway, your God, your Jesus, your gospel, and your Bible are a bunch of puppy sticks. Come over here, you little creep. Party's over, kid. You'll
3: have to leave.
2: Oh! <laughs> <laughs> i like, ah!
3: If two guys ever deserved hell, it's you two. You didn't have to destroy that kid the way you did. He might be a little off base, but he's sincere. I'm a Christian, and let me tell you, that kid's got more guts than the two of you put together. Anybody can be rebellious and crude like you guys, but it takes real guts to stand up for God like that kid did. He cared about you and wanted to help you, but you're too blind to see it. Whether you know it or not, we all deserve to burn in hell. But God, in his mercy, sent his only begotten son to shed his precious blood and die on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins, but you two spit in God's face and rejected his gift of eternal life, so both of you are on your way to the lake of fire.
0: Funny he should mention that, because that very night, the jailhouse catches on fire. Fire! Fire! The jail is on fire! I can hear screaming! Ah! Inside, the cop struggles with his keys, but as Bob's cousin screams, the flesh melting off his writhing body.
7: Yeah! For God's sake, get me out of here! Open it up, man! Hang, hang on, hang on! I've almost got it opened!
0: Bob is saved just in time, and as the cop escorts him to the hospital to be checked out...
7: That's the most horrible thing that's ever happened to me. I can't get those flames out of my mind. Bob... God gave you another chance, but your cousin will
3: be in flames like that forever and ever.
7: Man, I never thought of it like that.
3: What do I do now? God wants you to repent your sins and turn to him. Jesus said, except ye repent, ye shall likewise perish.
7: But I don't understand. What does repent mean?
3: Repentance means that you respond to the Spirit of God, who wants you to turn away from your pride and your rebellion. Admit you're a sinner, Bob, and that you deserve to go to hell. Then, ask Jesus to become your own Savior and Lord, so you won't have to go to the lake of fire.
7: Man, this is great
3: news. Can I do it right now? You sure can, Bob. God is always ready to forgive. I'll tell you what, I'm going to leave you alone for a while so you can settle things with God, all right?
7: Oh, God. Um, forgive me. I've been so rotten, I... I give up. I don't deserve your forgiveness, but I'm asking you to save me. (laughs) Thank you, Lord Jesus, for taking my place on the cross and letting God's judgment for sin fall on you instead of me. Please become my savior right now.
0: At this point, Bob becomes a child of God. He is born again and made spiritually alive. He will not go into the lake of fire, but will go to heaven. And only one group of people are sad to hear.
9: Did you hear about that, Bob?
7: Yeah, it's weird. Ever since the fire, he hasn't been the same dude. I hear he even prays now.
8: Oh, well, we'll just have to find a new dealer, man.
7: The
3: Amber. That's the end of the Tractor Fiction episode, Bad Bob by Jack Chick. All right. Now, traditionally, uh, we we always have a debate. Unless there's someone here who's really hot to debate. Is there anybody here really hot to debate? Oh, no, no, no. Hold on. Not, my not you. skin's not burning off. You. I'm not talking about you. Well, does that, mean, but it, but does that mean you're hot to debate or you're just hot in general?
5: Just hot in general. Okay. Ah! Okay.
3: In that case, I think we're going to have a very special debate um, <gasps> with two of my family members. Oh, I'm sorry. Not my family members. I lied. I think of them as family members because I see them so often, and I love them like my own. They're actually Jordan's Uh, family
2: members. We love you. We love you, too, Uncle.
3: Um, We're going to have Jordan and Devin's two cats scape scape and boo debate. Um, I I guess, are you boo? I can never remember which cat is which. Are you boo? Yeah, I'm I'm boo. Okay, and, uh, and this is Escape. Scape. Scape,
10: <laughs> <laughs> just because you, just, just you're on the radio, don't get stupid on us. Okay? So shut up. I'm
3: famous now. <laughs> <laughs> we, dude? All, right, all right, now they're going to debate. I, I do have a coin, and we're going to see uh, who. So
10: can't we just flip Patrick oh, I for it? short? Don't
2: instead? have a coin. Over here. I got a coin. No, You're okay. me?
3: What always happens to my money? I just, like, I never have any money. <laughs> Shut up. All right, we got. It's tails, that means scape. You yes, believe. Yes, I like it. <laughs> scape believes that this is true.
2: Well, duh. <laughs> duh. Come on.
3: All right, so Boo, you get to start. Boo. All
2: right.
10: Um, but this is this is stupid because you don't get colder by being less tough. Cause it's all about being tough, man, and being able to kick the crap now, out of those mice and eat them. Boo, because
3: I believe you actually spent some time on the streets, right?
10: Oh yeah, man, I was a street cat. I know. I I, I know what it's like. in the hood. No, you don't.
2: You don't even know. Because in real life, in real life, it's just like you don't need to be. You don't need to be tough all the time. I, I guess you know a lot about sure. that. Shut you? up! Look, you don't need to be tough all the time because people will give you treats. And people will give you food, no matter what. That's not true. Yes, it is. I get treats every day, almost, except not not enough. Well, that's because they know that you're a
10: wish, and you couldn't get them on your own.
2: I'm not a a, a wish. One time...
10: Come over here. Let me sit on you.
2: (laughs) You don't get to sit on me. (laughs) I
10: I would bite you on the neck and kick you. (laughs) Guys,
3: guys, this doesn't really seem to be about the tract. Let's talk about the tract specifically.
10: Um, okay. What about it?
3: Well, you're supposed to be saying it's false, and he's supposed to be saying it's true.
2: Like I said, man, it's not true. All right, check this out. Check this out. All right. One time, I was talking to Sasquatch, and Sasquatch told me that it's true. Your Sasquatch also
10: says you don't have to go to the vet.
2: It's true, because he's a doctor. Sasquatch is a doctor. Yeah, she He I think, checks me out and he says I'm okay.
10: I, I think I think you're losing your credibility there yeah. by the second. Group.
2: They all know about Sasquatch. So we shut don't up. need to know
10: about Sasquatch checking you out? I, I don't know. I'm talking about that. medical.
2: Uh huh.
10: Medically. Uh huh. Say that again. Medically. <laughs>
2: shut up. <laughs> I'll bite you. Look. Look. I'm talking about I'm talking about this part one time I, I met Bad Bob and he was like I believe in Jesus he's the best like that okay that's 100% true um, Bad Bob was really
10: real. Uh-huh. Did he look like Sasquatch at all? No. Really? <laughs> Sasquatch is is bigger. Bigger than Bad Bob, so, so is Sasquatch tough? Well,
3: okay, guys, what is this thing about Sasquatch? We actually have Sasquatch
7: here.
2: We do? All right, Sasquatch. <laughs> hi, Sas- Sasquatch. Hi. Hey. Tell him. Okay. See? Uh-huh. Yeah. See, Sasquatch
10: said it. Didn't you go to medical school?
7: Of course. I,
10: I think that's just a guy in a gorilla suit.
7: Hey, that's doctor guy in a gorilla suit.
10: But he's a doctor. But
2: he's a guy in a gorilla suit. But if he's a doctor, he knows the truth about everything. He's a doctor. Yep. Why is he wearing a gorilla suit? Because, you're- because he wants to be gorilla. Gr- gr- yep. Say, say that again. He wants to be gorilla. Gr- <laughs> 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 <a real> risk <laughs> shut, shut up! Shut be,
7: your mouth, punk!
2: He wants to be like a monkey. Like a
10: monkey.
8: Like a monkey. Actually, it's an ape. He wants
2: to be like an ape. They're like an ape. No, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm actually a cat. Tell tell them all about how cats are, sm- are smarter. Yeah, we're pretty smart. See, so we agree. So that means hey. I'm right. Um. Yeah,
10: but I'm smarter than
3: oh, you are. All right, all right, all right, all right. For
10: instance, I can sit on you.
3: No, you can't, you can't sit on him here. That, that's a little too risque. Don't sit on him here. Um, all right. I've
10: been spayed. What?
3: That's hot. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, <laughs> does anybody have anything to add to this? I think we have a couple more experts uh one of you is an expert i believe
10: did any of you bring treats
3: did any of you bring treats for the cat no all right so we don't have any treat experts Ah. but do we have any other kinds of experts on bad bob or on uh you know jesus or anything like that i'm an expert no i only
8: know about gigantopithecines
2: i know jesus never gave me any treat
5: um i'm an expert (laughs)
2: On, on, on what i said or on what she said both so who's right you are. I'm sorry. Stop you exactly
10: you you wiggling your butt. Guy, he's about to pounce on something? It's really not convincing when we don't know his name or what he's an expert on. For him to just when say, you I'm right. I'm I think right. you're probably what? just giving him food under the table.
5: My name is Mr. Adrenaline. <laughs> what are you an expert in? Yeah. Cat food. <laughs>
10: If you're an expert at cat food, then why the hell don't you have any cat food for me? We and- ran out. Oh. Well, then you're kind of a crappy expert now, aren't you?
5: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Sasquatch, tell, tell them about the time that we killed all the demons in the house. It was great. See? And we kill demons! That
10: means we know about the devil! But you, you know you're not allowed to let Sasquatch into the
2: house. No, but I talked we... to you about this before. Hey. It was when you were, mom and dad were on vacation. So they don't know. Don't tell them. Um, I think they listened to this. No, they don't. They're busy. <laughs> Doing what? <life. laughs>
7: well, know. you see, when a man and a lo- woman love each other very much. Oh
2: God, I don't want to hear about that. You bite the neck, and you kind of. <laughs> I don't. I, yeah.
8: I, I that's, that's
2: traumatic. I don't want to talk about that. All right, all right. Uh, but seriously, that uh, that uh, hurts. See, she she's backing down
10: from the argument. I win. What? down I didn't realize you made an argument all I right. had to go against
3: all right all right let's uh we're getting a little crazy here let's do closing arguments boo uh why don't you close your argument and then escape and close this
2: oh, oh yeah
3: <laughs> ah, all right That's, uh those are both pretty convincing arguments let's see damn <laughs> Woot. Mr. Sasquatch, thank you for coming. I know you're you're a famous and busy man. A hey. man, quote unquote. Doctor Sasquatch, I mean. I'm sorry. Whatever. Thank you. Next time, please bring your medical degree. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's flip the score in here. Oh, sorry, Skate Boobell, Just ha, like ha. all the normal fights around the house. Up
8: to
10: the t- shut up, Now, When we get home, I'm
2: gonna bite you.
10: Whatever, dude. And then I shit on you and clean my paws. You can't shit on
2: I'm bigger than you. I'm, I'm taller than you. But you're fat. I'd <laughs> uh, better to sit all on right, you. All
3: right, guys. All right. All right. Settle down. Settle down. You'll get treats in the other room. He- head on out there.
1: In that episode it's, of... Uh, are you... Are you doing... Oh, uh yeah. Sorry. Uh, no, you're, I guess you're back, so you can... No, I didn't... I'm sorry, I didn't realize... No, I was just... while you were gone, I was doing... No, but... but uh, no, Rory, you're back now, so it's Rory's job, Frank. You know, it's one of the things he does for the podcast, so he does it now. Uh, right, no, uh, go... yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, it's fine. Um, all right, are you sure? I, I'll let you... No, no, please. That episode of Tractor Fiction featured the voice talents of Frank Allen, Magdalena Richards, Nicholas Roach, Daniel Schwartz, Sam Thomason, Angela Timon, Devin White... And Jordan D.Y. Thank you, Rory. Thank you very much. That's uh, not a problem. And Scape, uh, so how was it being on that podcast? Oh, I was a girl.
2: I was yours. A...
1: No, you gotta need a microphone again.
2: Oh, uh, Rory,
1: do you need
2: a microphone? Uh, yeah. Yes. Here, here. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Um, it was awesome again because I was like, Super famous after that. Everybody knows who I am and I love it.
1: Wonderful, wonderful. I'm glad that you think you're that famous, but it's, it's, it's really funny to anybody who isn't you, I'm sure.
2: I don't think it's funny.
1: Well, okay. Uh, but Scape, what did you think about the fact that Boo won? I mean, you, you know, you claim you always beat her and that. Isn't true, but in this case specifically, you very much lost.
2: Okay, no, 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 no. Because first of all, I don't always lose; I always win. And second of all, in this, it was it was oh, it was fake, and uh I only lost because he flipped a coin. So no,
1: don't invalidate the coin flip. The coin flip is an important part of the show, and that's the way I do it. It's just the way it is.
2: Whatever, I think it's totally fake, Mason. It, so it's invalid, and I didn't lose, so really then. The merits of my arguments were victorious, but it was just fake.
1: No, that's dumb. No, no. The coin decides in favor of the better argument is how it works. Well, that's that's an interesting theory. But we actually, uh, Frank, you've got an interview that's related to this, correct? Well, yeah. No, yeah. I, I interviewed uh, uh, your sister, Boo, to find out uh, the winner's side of the story. No,
2: she's not the winner, because my argument was better. I'm
1: sorry, but the coin uh, and fate uh, disagree with you. But uh, let's get to my interview.
3: Frank Allen Interviews, starring Frank Allen. Hello and welcome
1: to Frank Allen Interviews. My name is Frank Allen and welcome to my interviews. Uh, This is an episode in which we are talking to the winner of that episode of Tractor Fiction. Uh, We have her here in the studio. This is Miss Boo White.
10: Thank you. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you. Thank you for being here. I know you're very busy.
10: I am. I am. There's this little red technic dog everything over here. I, I want to go and kick, kick, kick. So that's not uh, let's keep this short.
3: Okay. Uh, no problem. Uh, let's talk about your, your victory over scape uh, in that debate. Uh, how did that feel?
10: Well, you know, I mean, it was fantastic. But it was just more of the usual because I'm always kicking his butt here at home. So it's just you know, I'm burrowing his scape and I kick his butt. It's just normal.
1: Well, what was it about that tract exactly that made you feel that it was false? I mean, I agree with you because it was false. But what was it that convinced you?
10: Because there's or- a it was wrong, um, because it, it implied that sometimes you shouldn't kick butt and um you should always kick butt. Sometimes
1: you just you just lay around though.
10: Yeah, but I'm always potentially ready to kick butt.
1: So like if you're lying there and Scape comes up and he you know does a little little swat at you,
10: then I swat him back.
1: Okay, now he 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 alleged that you don't have to be tough all the time because you get fed. Now you get fed though, don't you? Um yes. So you don't need to be tough to get that food. You just get it.
10: But that's not why you you have to be tough to get the food. I mean back when I. Was out on the street, you know. I'd have to, I'd have to be tough if I wanted to eat something big. But you know, you could always eat moths or something, and you don't always have to be tough for that. No, no, no. It's just so that you can, you can keep your domain as yours and not let other cats think they own the place.
1: Well, uh, I mean, do, do a lot of cats try to get into your apartment? Or?
10: Oh, I'm too tough. Why would they even try? They know better than that. So
1: that's why cats don't come in. It's because of you. Yeah. Is does Escape don't have anything to do with it? Doesn't he keep other cats out?
10: Well, apparently not. I mean. I'm here. <laughs>
1: That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, all right, well, let me ask you some more about uh, this Sasquatch guy. Uh, why, why are you growling at Sasquatch? What's wrong with Sasquatch?
10: Because Sasquatch is a figment of scape's imagination. He
1: was on Tractor Fiction. He was there.
10: That was just a dude in a suit a gorilla suit. Well,
1: he's implying that that was Sasquatch, though. Uh, no.
10: How,
1: and what's the difference between a guy in a gorilla suit and Sasquatch in a gorilla suit? How can you tell the difference, really?
10: What? Sasquatch wouldn't have to wear a gorilla suit because he's actually very gorilla-like.
1: But that guy was in a gorilla suit. Uh,
10: look, escape is crazy. That's all. He thinks he leaves the house, he thinks he has adventures, he thinks he fights demons and stuff. It's great. So there's
1: no demons, is what you're saying?
10: No! There's just a lot of sleeping and kicking the nip and, um, you know, eating and, um, sleeping some more.
3: I'm skeptical. I gotta say I'm skeptical
10: of that. You're skeptical that I spend a lot of time eating and sleeping?
1: I'm skeptical that there's no demons because he talks about them a lot. So,
10: that somehow the amount that he talks about them lends veracity to his claim?
1: Yeah, it gives it credence, yeah.
10: What, whatever you say, Uncle Frank, whatever you say.
1: All I'm saying is, look, if there's a guy in a gorilla suit, and he says he's Sasquatch, and Scape says he's Sasquatch, that's two people who've said he's Sasquatch. Whether he needs the suit or not, he was clearly in it. So, all I'm saying is, that was probably Sasquatch in a gorilla
10: suit. You're, you're a very trusting guy, Frank.
1: Two people verified it, Two. Independent.
10: So crazy, people.
1: How many people said he wasn't Sasquatch?
10: I said he's not Sasquatch.
1: So that's one, is what I'm saying. Exactly. Two to one. I mean, you were right about this Bad Bob thing, but the Sasquatch thing you don't seem to be right about.
10: Look, this Sasquatch thing is obviously just a big trick so that Scape doesn't have to go to the vet because he's a big giant baby about going to the vet. And he was just, I don't know, giving this guy moist food to say he was Sasquatch to sound like he really doesn't have to go to the vet. Well,
1: I've recently discovered that people don't really like getting moist food. They don't really, so moist food's not actually that good of a payment.
10: Thing. What are you talking about? Moist food is the best.
1: Well, I, I, yeah, I mean, again, cats love moist food, but apparently people aren't so into it, so uh, I doubt that Scape could have been giving him moist food, because why would a guy want moist food, right?
10: No, moist food is great. I think everyone would love moist food.
1: That's what you'd think, but it's apparently not so.
10: Do you love moist food, Fred?
1: Uh, no, not really, no. Can
10: I have yours?
1: I don't really, I mean, I don't have any myself. I, it's at the store. I could buy some.
10: Well, Frank, buy me some moist food.
1: Well, i I mean, Come on! It, it costs money.
10: I don't, I don't really understand money.
1: I, I was, I, alright, I'll give you some more. Yay!
10: Not, none for Scapey though.
1: Well, I gotta share it with escape, cause, Well,
10: alright, but don't let him eat my poison, cause he's always eating my poison of moist food. That's
1: a good, no, why don't you kick his butt? If you can kick his butt all the time, why don't you stop him from taking your moist food?
10: How, It's, it's complicated, Frank. I and mean, one thing is that, you know, I have a pattern. I like to eat my food, and then I like to clean myself, and then I like to go back and eat the rest of the food. So it's like eat, clean, eat, sleep, you know? But escape comes in in the middle when I'm cleaning myself and eats the rest of my food. But I'm still cleaning myself, and it's very important I do that. Secondly, I sort of feel sorry for the guy. So, I just had him sometimes eat some of the extra food. Cause, you know, he's so, he's so little. He needs to beef up. He needs to get some meat on his bones.
1: Okay. Well, I mean, I guess that second answer kind of answers it. Cause the first one, I was just going to say, it's been years. So you, you could learn the new pattern by now that he's going to steal your food every time.
10: Yeah, I sort of figured that out. But, you know, he seems, he seems to kinda need it, you know? He's sort of special needs.
1: The special need being more moist food.
10: Well, that's one of them, I guess, yeah.
1: Now I have another question. Why is it that, uh, even though we're in your house recording the podcast most of the time, uh, you don't appear on the show?
10: I don't know. I'm, I'm just not really interested in it. I'm shy, you know? And you guys are all bustling into the living room. I mean, I don't... I like to be around lots and lots of people. I mean, I'm already doing this interview because, you know, you got rid of everybody else, and it's just us.
1: But it was very brave for you to come on Tractor Fiction where there was a lot of people,
10: right? Yeah, but it wasn't a great experience, and so I didn't do it anymore.
1: But you won. It was, how was it not a good experience?
10: But it was, it was a lot of people. I mean, I, I sounded really, you know, I was laughing, but it was It was very nervous. It was nerve-wracking. My nerves were jangled. I had to sleep so much to get over it.
1: All right. Well, uh, thank you again very much for coming out to do this interview. I appreciate it.
10: No problem. I'm going to jump up on your lap now, okay? No, no.
1: I have stuff to do. No,
10: no. Here, I'm just going to hold on oh, your lap. Ow, that hurts. And no, you're in a bad position. I have to... uh, Okay, over here. No, me...
3: Ow, that really hurts. Stop with the claws. Wait, right,
10: that's how I get a good grip.
3: It hurts.
10: Oh, all right, Go over here with a little Thank you for the interview.
1: Thank you for the interview. Uh, that was Boo White, and I appreciate you being here. And uh, that was a Frank Allen interview. See you next time, folks.
2: That interview was fixed.
1: What? what? What does that even mean?
2: It was fixed. It was rigged. It was rigged to be with Boobell instead of me.
1: Yes, that, that, that's he
2: was trying to interview
1: Boobell. He was not trying to interview you.
2: Well, then it was fixed. What I'm saying is it should have been an interview with the winner, and that should have been an interview with me instead of her, because I should have won. So it was fixed. What? No, that's not how
1: you... That's not even... That doesn't make any sense for how things work. Yeah, I'm afraid, uh, actually, uh, Scapey, it does not actually make any sense for you to say that the interview was fixed they always say who are they going to do an interview with it is not a random event who interviews interview is with the interview happens because somebody says I would like to interview Boo bill and then they interview Boo bill it is not some sort of mystery
2: well it doesn't matter my point is it was wrong and it was stupid and I was the best of anything ever Scape
1: <laughs> okay Frank thank you for that interview I'm, I'm I'm sure Boo really appreciated it she's not on the podcast because she's a little shy so she doesn't want to be on every week she's probably afraid she'll humiliate herself like you know Scape frequently does So. start
2: true i don't i don't ever i don't think
1: sure let's move right along we actually have to get right to epic echoes here it is
11: SEASON 2 EPISODE 6 SOMETHING UNDERHANDED by Guinevere Eckert The Flash Pack had seen their share of freak happenings in very bad days, but they never expected that the two would collide on election day. They had finally figured out the source of the subliminal radio waves, and even what a few of them said. Now with the poll stations empty, they were running out of time to end the madness and get the country out to vote.
1: You guys don't mind if I turn on the radio, do you?
11: NO! Dr. Steloff reached out to turn the radio on. Suddenly, Fertress jumped out of nowhere and landed on Steloff's arm, sinking his claws in deep. Ah! Stelhoff flung his arm about until Fertress dislodged and went flying across the room.
3: What in the world is that mangy cat doing? Get it out of the laboratory!
11: That's
2: Cat Man, thank you, and I just saved us from your great doctor's itty minuscule brain!
1: All I wanted was a little music while I worked. It helps me think more clearly.
12: Dr. Steloff, Every radio station, television station, and I think even those singing dolls?
11: Keen checked a monitor and nodded the affirmative.
12: Even singing toys are broadcasting Gonzalo's music. If you turn it on, we'll be blasted with the same subliminal demands that we're trying to save the rest of the planet from.
5: Why don't you guys take Mr. Fuzzbottom here and call Jimmy and Slaughter. Let them know what's going on.
11: He, Andralis, and Fertress left the laboratory, and moments later were on hold, waiting for Jimmy to be called out of a meeting.
7: Sarah, I know this may sound harsh, but today is election day, and we're in the middle of a briefing, so this had better be important. Jimmy, it's about Slade Gonzalo! You guys are interrupting this meeting to tell me about a pop sensation?
11: Yes, the pop sensation. Look, he's an alien, and now he's brainwashed a good majority of the teenagers on Earth.
7: Congratulations, you're geniuses. Why is this important
8: to me?
6: I'll take that, young man. Hey, Kane, what's up?
8: Thank goodness, the voice of reason. I trust you heard everything of what we just said?
6: Yeah, you'd think they'd have volume control on the phones in the super-secret offices of this place.
8: Well, we've cracked a few of the subliminal messages. They started with simple slogans. Slade's the best, diehard Gonzolo, glitter and platform shoes for all. Then it changed to instructions. Buy Gonzolo's albums, share Slade with your friends, etc. Seven hours ago, every radio station in the world started playing the same song over and over and over again three hours ago it went to television we can't get a lock on what the message is because we can't listen to it i think this is it nobody's going anywhere cars are stopped nobody's walking around everyone is glued to the radio something's going to happen and it's not going to be good
6: Thanks for the update, guys, but I still agree with Jimmy. Why is it imperative that we know this right now? If
8: the planet turns into a bunch of pop music zombie slaves this afternoon, not only will we have to reverse the process and hope we can save everybody instead of stopping it in the first place, but I really don't think Jimmy's going to do well in the election.
11: Slaughter turned to look at Jimmy, the fear plainly showing on her face. <sighs> what do we do? Get Marsh. For God's sakes, get your video phone, and get into a soundproof bunker. Don't come out until you hear from us. Dralis left the communications chamber and headed back to the laboratory. Hey, Max. Could I borrow you for a
8: second?
5: Sure, Dralis. What's up?
11: Well, there's this thing I need to show you. Back in my room. Molly flinched and rolled her eyes.
5: Can it wait until later, Dralis? We're kind of busy right now.
11: Max, I've been trying to talk to you for weeks. Why do you keep
8: brushing me
5: off? I'm sorry, Dralis. I just don't have time for this right now. I know it may seem simple to you reconfiguring a broadcast to override every radio and television station. Plus, you said toy dolls? But if both Molly and Dr. Steloff haven't figured it out yet, I really don't think we-
8: Molly and Dr. Stelloff Max. Not
5: you. I need to be here when they fix the radio. We need to be able to I've get- I've got it!
11: You've got it? Max ran over to Molly and the doctor.
5: He's got it? No.
11: When Max looked back to the doorway, Dralis was gone.
8: Sarah, I need to show you something. Sure, Dralis. What is it?
11: The girls were in Dralis' room. She reached under her pillow and pulled out a dark crystal-looking thing.
8: I found it a few months ago. I wanted to show Max, but...
11: Max is a nincompoop, and I'm still not seeing what it is. Keen, it's a communicator. I've been contacting. Fertress! Dralis turned to see Fertress in the outer chamber of her rooms, paused and looking like a deer caught in headlights. Keen leapt up from the bed, grabbed a squirt bottle full of water from the windowsill, and ran towards the catman, who suddenly regained his ability to sprint. Get back here, cat! Keen king caught up with Fertress by the elevator and grabbed him by the nape of his neck. How many times do I have to tell you? Stay away from Drowse's stuff! She sprayed the cat in the face over and over again before throwing him, still yelling to beat the band, into the elevator and pressed the down button. He got anything important?
8: No. Just sprayed the same pair of shoes again. I think I'm going to have to throw them out.
11: Meanwhile in the laboratory.
8: I've got it.
5: You've got it? I've got it. She's got it.
11: Max leaned on the intercom.
5: Dralis, Keen, get down here. Molly's got it.
11: Indeed, Molly had got it.
5: You see here?
12: We didn't need to bypass that second circuit in order to get the meter bugs to absorb the signal. We had it right the first time when we plugged the main message into them through the subwoofer and the jello. They just didn't have enough corporeal energy to get the signal as large as we wanted it to.
5: Uh, what is it that you got?
12: They're hungry. I'd like to see you broadcast a signal all over the planet with nothing to eat for breakfast.
5: So what do we feed them?
12: That's where you come in, Doctor. Hand me one of those crates of bananas you always carry around with you.
3: Oh, uh, no, 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 no.
12: For real, Stelhoff, we need the bananas.
3: Miss Singh, you do not understand.
1: Remember, I have a condition. I can only eat bananas or my larynx will shrink, my head will expand, my respiratory system will turn neon blue, my toes will fall off, and Dude, then- oh,
5: stop, that's gross. It
3: feels even worse.
12: Doctor Stelhoff. Tomorrow morning, I will personally take you to the rainforest and handpick you an entire bushel of bananas myself. Unless you do not hand over a crate of them right now, because if you don't, there won't be a point. Because the world will be crawling with what we're pretty sure are going to be dancing zombies. But why do
11: you need my
1: bananas?
12: Doctor, what is the main ingredient needed for an emitter bug to emit?
11: The doctor sat uncomfortably in silence. Oh, 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 I know, I know. Pick me, pick me.
5: Okay, fiber. They need fiber. Molly, you're a genius!
12: Thank you, Max. Now will you kindly explain to the good doctor what an excellent source of fiber bananas are, and the fact that all the grocery stores are closed at this hour?
11: Dr. Stelloff grudgingly handed over a crate of his precious bananas. Molly sliced them, arranged them nicely on a dish, sprinkled them with sugar...
12: A little extra boost in energy.
11: And placed them in front of the emitter bugs. The poor insects, having been pummeled with electrodes and coded messages all day, swarmed the plate. The bananas were gone in minutes. Molly sliced up more bananas while Max carefully carried the cage full of bugs to the window and placed it on the sill.
1: So, how do we make it work? Theoretically, Mr. Thornfield, the emitter bugs should start to broadcast the signal on their own.
11: They all stared at the cage. Nothing happened. Oh dear. I thought for sure that the bananas would do it. She plunked the rest of the sliced bananas in with the bugs and walked off. The bugs, for their part, swarmed, then started humming and pulsing different colors.
5: Molly, Molly, it's working! I think something's happening. Tell us if it's good.
11: Molly dashed back to the window and started laughing. <laughs> it's working! Oh, Max, it's working! Drellis and Keen came skidding into the room. Keen took one look and ran to a console. It worked. Slade's broadcast had stopped. The satellite shows people coming out of their homes. Your message worked. Five minutes later, news broadcasts stated that the pop star had been arrested and deported back to his home planet to be quarantined and dealt with according to his own laws, which meant the death sentence. They also reminded everyone that there were still a few hours left before the polls closed. Meanwhile, back in Washington, the armed guards opened the doors to the bunker, and Jimmy, Slaughter, and Senator Marsh returned to the world of fresh air and Romanesque architecture.
9: Please, Mr. Kovacs, Miss Slaughter, why don't you come with me to my headquarters? They're serving something special tonight in honor of the election. We could turn it into a celebration for your team's great ability to once again save Earth from utter destruction. You should join us and call up the rest of your team as well. Senator, I'd be honored.
6: Jimmy, Keen's been planning this meal for months. You can't expect her to be fine with you missing a meal that she gave her wisdom teeth for.
9: My sincerest apologies, Senator, but we really must decline. Mm, how unfortunate. But you mustn't disappoint Miss Keen. Say, would you like to join us for dinner instead?
6: We could make a party out of it. You know, hang out as friends while they count the votes, send the message to the American people that there won't be any hard feelings, that we can respect each other and even have a good time, even though we're opponents.
9: Great idea, Slaughter.
6: I know. That's why you made me your campaign manager, remember?
9: He's right, Miss Slaughter. It is a smashing idea. However, I must attend this dinner tonight. But why don't you all, your flash friends too, nip on up to my headquarters after your meal and I'll serve you your promised desserts then. Cinder Marsh? Oh, come now, Jimmy. Presidential candidate or not, you're still a kid. I know you're not going to say no to a free Sunday. And how would your lovely lady take it if you turned down chocolate on her behalf? (laughs) You've got a point. Even as a man, Slaughter was obsessed with chocolate.
11: Look, I have a sweet tooth! Smiling, Marsh bade the two adieu and boarded his Boston-bound vessel. Two hours later, Jimmy and Slaughter were waiting for the dinner bell, when the update on the polls was interrupted for a breaking story.
9: People of America. It is with the greatest humility and an infinite wealth of gratitude that I accept my position as the new president of the United States of America.
11: What? What the? Oh, sorry. Um, tune in for next week's Epic Echoes episode, Something Fishy in Boston, and get clued into what just happened.
1: In that episode of Epic Echoes, Guinevere Eckert was the narrator, Nicholas Roach was Max Thornfield, Angela Timon was Dralis, Devin White was Molly, Lynn Nelson was Slaughter, Tong Wen Wong was Keen, Daniel Schwartz was Jimmy Kovacs, Scape White was Fertress, Jordan D. White was Dr. Steloff, and Sam Thomason was Randall Marsh. The theme song was by Michael Temporary Cog Mikowski. Thank you very much, Rory. I appreciate that. That's very a good job you do on that. Um so let's get right to that was the last of the serial, so let's get right to our listener mail. Oh um, actually wait, no, hold on. Uh Jordan, in the credits there that Rory just read. Yeah. It said uh, it said Jordan D. White was Doctor Stelloff. So how does that make any sense? What? Um what do you mean? Uh, no, uh yes, he's right. It says Jordan D. White was Dr. Stelloff. Well, that does not make any sense because Doctor no you have to sorry again, you have to get on the mic. It's, it takes takes escapes He doesn't need it. Oh, thank you. No, that does not make any sense. It must be some sort of error because, like I said, I am very much a real person uh, who who exists. I mean, you know, you know what it probably is, Frank. Uh What? Well, it's, it's he's not real in our world. So in our world, I have to do his voice, but in his world, he's real. How does that make any sense? That makes less sense than well, I, I don't even that doesn't make any sense. It, it fits perfectly well with my kind of view of the world, which is dumb and wrong. Uh, no, which is not dumb or wrong. It all has to do with alternate realities and also string theory, very much uh the, the theory that all things are connected one to another and therefore me and him could both be credited because we are in some ways very much the same person. And say, as the, so so are you. You could have been credited just as well, Frank Ellen, or, or you, Rory St John or even Scapey over there. Yeah, I should be. No, 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 no. I th- that You're confusing things a little bit there, but we have to get to the listener mail. Last time I forgot to mention the email address. It's castandwax at gmail.com if you'd like to send us some listener mail. Again, uh, as with last week, I figure let's have our guest read the mail um, since none of the letters will be for him. Oh, yes, it is my pleasure. All right, so this is the first one. Uh, dear Frank. Hi, it is me, Abraham Lincoln. I freed the slaves. Also, I was assassinated when I was watching a play. I was born in a log cabin. I grew a beard because a little girl told me to. Also, I saved the union. So clearly, you can see I am ex-president Abraham Lincoln. I would like to be interviewed on your show. It would be a scoop because I am a famous history figure. Think it over. Abraham Lincoln. What do you think, Frank? You gonna interview Abraham Lincoln? Uh, well... I don't really see how that would be a scoop. Well, what do you mean? He's a big celebrity. Yeah, but what's the get? What do you mean what's the get? Well, everybody knows about Abraham Lincoln. I mean, he, he, he says all the things right there. He's freed the slaves, he's assassinated, log cabin, beard, you know, all, all that stuff. It's already known. It's all covered in history. What, what am I going to interview him about? Did he, did he do some sort of bad thing that I can expose? Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know. If I knew, you couldn't expose it, right? Well, well, yeah, that's true. But what I'm saying is everybody, I think everybody knows about Abraham Lincoln. It's kind of played out at this point. I mean, that's, that's like Rory's, you know, Rory's department. I'm sorry? History. You know, historical stuff. You know, I mean, you could make up fake stuff about Abraham Lincoln and that would be more topical than, than me doing an interview with the real one because who, we already know. It's history. It's covered. Well, I didn't, know. it's, no, Frank, it's, it's not, I didn't make things up. It's, it's a study of alternate reality. Whatever, whatever. The point is, I, there's no reason for me to interview him, Jordan, so I'm not gonna know. Thank you, Mr. Lincoln. I appreciate that you are a fan of my work, uh, but really there's no need to interview you. Alright, well, let's get on to our next uh, letter then. No problem. Uh, Dear Frank Allen, I have been greatly enjoying your contributions to Cast and Wax up until this week's episode. Tractor Fiction, Debatatorium, and Frank Allen interviews are all incredibly fabulous shows. Even Car Debate was an unpolished gem of a show. I have to tell you though, I was appalled by proselytism, is it real or not? I can't believe you have the audacity to pull off such an obvious con. The show is a clear rip-off of my own program, still in late development. Was that sermon really just made up? Like proselytism is real or not, was that sermon really just made up, features a religious sermon acted out in the first part, and a debate about whether or not it was really just made up in the second. The similarities are too uncanny to be a coincidence. Please make public apology and stop producing proselytism is real or not, or I will be forced to take stronger action. You used to be a real inspiration to me, Mr. Allen, but oh how the mighty have fallen. It is a sad day to see you plagiarizing from your own admirer's work. Sincerely, Calvin Fund. No, 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 Calvin, no, I did not, I've never heard of this. Was that sermon really just made up? That's That sounds like a dumb show. It's nothing to do with my show. I did not know about this show. I did not steal this show. I made up Proselytism, is it real or not, completely on my own. And it belongs entirely to me. It has nothing to do with, with, with your show. Well, I mean, it is pretty much similar to Tractor Fiction, is it not? I mean, it's very similar in format. No, no, it's not, no. Uh, because Tractor Fiction focuses on Jack Chick and a tract. This could be anything, any type of Proselytism. And it doesn't have to be Jack Chick. It could be, any, it's totally different. Well, no, it's, it's not. it's really not that different In in if you look at it. It's it 's very similar. In fact, it has the same format. It starts, just like this guy's saying, it starts with a, a, an enactment and it ends up with a debate. No, you're I'm sorry, but you're wrong. You don't know what you're talking... We talked about this last week with Dana DeZego and it was settled. Yes, but I, I wasn't there. I didn't hear it. My show was different. It's fine, but it's was settled. Oh, well, I... I don't. I don't agree. Do it. it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Let's go. Next. Do the next one. Yeah. I mean, we do have. A, we don't have a lot of time. So let's let's get right to it. Dear Frank, I felt first of all that I should tell you that you are one of the most talented people I have ever heard in any show. I think you are a true natural. Interviewing, moderating, investigating, hosting. You can really do it all. I think my favorite thing you do is tractor fiction. It is really wonderful of you to spread the word of Jack Chick's tracks to the listening public. Anyone who helps broaden the audience of Jack's message is okay by me. However, I do have one thing I was worrying about. Sometimes the tracks themselves seem to be presented in a mocking tone. It sometimes sounds as if the actors are laughing at the track or even are intentionally doing funny voices. Can this be so? Did you fire the director or do anything to correct this? By the way, any plans to moderate a presidential debate? What happened to that signing you mentioned? Thanks, Masha Marmeladova. Oh, a Russian girl. That is very, very nice. If you'd like Okay, to well, it. no, don't flirt with the people. Frank, uh, what do you think about that? Well... I'm, well, it's, I, I, I'm very happy to have, uh, fans. I appreciate my fans. But, um, as for your presidential debate thing, I, I, I'm, I did moderate one on Epic Echoes. So you'll hear that in just a few weeks. Yeah, I think it's in two weeks. Excellent, excellent. Um, but, on the signing, I just, I haven't had the time, but I work a lot of shifts. But, uh, the Jack Chick thing, um, I don't, I don't think we're, I don't think we're really trying to make Jack Chick seem like he's, he's good. Uh, I mean, I don't really think he is good. Oh, so she misunderstood you? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was, we were, it was a mocking tone. It was a mocking tone because we were, we were mocking him. Oh, I guess I misunderstood the show as well. No, yeah, we don't like him. We think he's, we think he's full of crap. I mean, much like I think a lot of you guys are full of crap, but I think he's worse in many ways. Oh, yeah. So, uh, sorry, Masha, but I do, like I said, if you want to hear the presidential debate thing, two weeks. Right, right. So there was three males for, for Frank. All, all of them were for Frank. There was nothing for, me supporting. Well, no, I mean, yeah, not this time. But there, we we had mail. We had some mail saying that they were supporting you. We got one last week where the guy was like, "What the f- what the hell? Why you fire? why are you doing that voice?" Well, I mean, he I mean he he, went, he wasn't sounding like the smartest person, but he was very much in support of you. And then we we got other email saying that they wanted to have you back and all that stuff like that. Oh, yeah. all right, well, good. I'd, I'd like to see it. Why well, I didn't I mean I didn't save it? But it's on the podcast. But I mean, you probably don't want to listen to that. Generally, no, 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 I guess not. All right, well, thank you for having me on the show again. No, it's our pleasure. As I said, well, you know what? Okay, uh, let me just say right now, we're going to have next week. We're going to have a regular episode, right? Uh, no special guest. It was a pleasure having you here, Doctor Stella. Thank you very much for being here. Oh, it was actually it was my pleasure to be here. Not not your pleasure at all, but mine entirely. Because I I was very happy to be here. Good, good. I'm glad you felt that way. And thank you, Frank. No problem. Thank you, Rory, uh, who is going to be resuming his full duties next week. Yes. And thank you, Skate, for letting us use your mic for a minute. No problem. Thank you, Boo Bill, for the interview. And everybody, as you hear the, the music fading up in the background, um, come back next week. Until then, we'll be seeing you.
3: On the next
7: episode of Cast and Wax, we have an all-time travel special. First, on guard duty... It's nice to have someone to talk to on my own intellectual level. Yes, I remember that. Ah, I see. It isn't that way for you this time, because you can remember the entire conversation. Precisely. While for you, this is the thrill of finally being understood by someone who can comprehend the magnitude of your ideas, for you, it is merely playing out the
5: function that I remember you serving. Fascinating. For you, yes. And then, on Debatatorium... We have no way of knowing who is a time traveler and who is not. Therefore, we have no way of knowing who has seen their descendants and who may be, quite frankly, disgusted with their descendants and therefore who might want to try to abort their child to prevent said descendants from existing and therefore creating a grandfather paradox. Plus, I'm Decker and Hayes.
11: You'll have to excuse
0: the mess. Things have been a little hectic around here.
8: Everything okay?
0: I'm getting ready to retire. Split up my business to a few deserving souls.
8: Don't tell me you're getting too old for
3: this.
0: Well, no, dear. I have AIDS.
3: Okay, that one didn't involve time travel, but there'll also be a
4: Frank Allen interview and historical facts coming to waxwork.com on September 29th.